welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode. I'm so glad you're joining me. Hey, I want to tell you about a couple things before we jump into our episode. First off, head over to your socials, Facebook or Instagram, and follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights all the ministries of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. It includes our blog called Planted, great content. It includes our mom-to-mom ministry for mothers. It includes our Regarding Him conference. It happens yearly in March. And of course, it includes this podcast, Unshaken. There's so much good content you're going to want to follow, so do it today. That will be in our show notes each and every week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory. It helps us out, but it also helps you out because you get notification of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to me at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you have ideas, suggestions, or even thoughts about an episode that you heard. Finally, as you know, Unshaken is a podcast for women, put on by women, and our goal is to encourage and challenge and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's head into today's episode. the most overused word. Now, this is just my personal opinion. There's no science behind this. I have no stats on this word, but wow, this is one word that is used so over and over in our society. It's used in all kinds of ways. Actually, this word is the word and the topic that caused me to want to talk about different traits because even though Valentine's Day is a few months ago, it never hurts to talk about this topic. You might be guessing what the word is. It's actually time to break down into the nitty gritty of what love is and what's the definition. So we're gonna talk today about love. I don't know if you're a wordsmith. I guess I'm not really a wordsmith, but the definition of wordsmith is someone who is a skilled user of words. It's someone who loves words, figuring out the definition of words and how words work together. Now my son in his fifth grade class this year learned root words of Greek and Latin words. So interesting how those words are so helpful when you're trying to figure out a new word. For example, one of his spelling words this last week was circ. Well, that was the theme. Um, That was the the root. So, for example, circle or circus. It all is about, you know, round, something that's round. But then you grab a new word like circumvent, and you, if you're unfamiliar with it, it, what it means, which is to go around, it helps you because you can see, well, I know I can go around this problem. I can circumvent this problem on the expressway by getting off at this exit and getting on at another one, right? Or maybe you even have a harder word that you might have never thought about, like circumlocution, which I had to actually write in my notes how to pronounce <laughs> that correctly. <laughs> it's a noun, and the use of, it is the use of unnecessary wordy language, like being vague or evasive. So, for example, it's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. It's kind of like a uh, you're going around something that you really don't want to talk about, right? Maybe something that's vulgar or indelicate. And I'm really sorry if at times on this podcast I use circumlocution. Well, I can't even say that. Um, to go around a whole bunch of things or to just talk vaguely. I really want all that we talk about to be focused and to have purpose. Um, but I guess that means it's now time to stop my circumlocution and move into something more specific. So no more junk talk. Okay, so we're ready to jump into our topic on a really challenging word, love. 
I think it's overused. It has so many different definitions, and I thought this would be a great thing to talk about today. Now, I'm going to bring on with me someone who is both wise and smart, which are both separate things, I have to say. They don't, you can be smart, but you can lack wisdom, right? And I think she's going to have some great things to say about it. I will say, is she perfect in love? Probably not. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> um, I know that I am not perfect in love, but I think that's okay. I think we can talk about it, and I'm going to introduce you to my dear friend, Sarah French. I'm glad you're with me today. Well, it's great to be here, Julie. Thanks for having me on. Okay, Sarah, we're going to talk all about love, but we always jump into, um, before I jump into a big topic, I always want to ask some fun questions, and I'm excited about your answers okay. because I know you're very fun, and I'm looking forward to this. Okay, so a few weeks ago, we had Valentine's Day. It's, mm -hmm. it's now March, and, um, you know, Valentine's Day comes and goes, but what is one of the best things that your husband has ever given you or maybe done for you? Okay, well, I think one of the best physical presents that he ever gave me, and I think that it had a lot of meaning, is he gave me a mother's necklace, and he oh. did this after our son David was born. And different charms on the necklace represent each of our kids. And um, I thought this was cute. He even included a charm on the necklace to represent the two of us, you know, sort oh, of the start cool. of it all. Um, with that and he made a little book to go with it and he wrote a note about each of the kids in the book and I actually think sometimes I like the book more than I like the necklace because it's just a really sweet thing to look at and to remember. I love that. Actually, to, hint, hint to anyone listening, I would love one of those. You would love one? Okay, well we can, so. I, I know you're a big guy, we can, <laughs> we can talk about that. Um, uh, this past Valentine's Day, you know, we've, we like to take the kids with with us when we go places. Um, but this past Valentine's Day, he planned a little romantic getaway for Ooh. us. And when he told me about it, I really wasn't sure how to respond. I had never heard of it, but he told me we were going to the Culinary Vegetable Institute. What? And so, <laughs> I know, you think, I was, he said I, that to me and I was like, oh yeah, sure, the CVI, yeah. you know. <laughs> I feel like that's something made up in a movie. No, it's a real place, and it's in Sandusky, Ohio, and okay. they do really cool things with vegetables. And nice. we had a we had a great time there. But I too was in the dark about this, and I've only run into one person since we went to the Culinary Vegetable Institute that actually has heard about it and, and knows it, about it. Was it like classes you took? If it's an institute, I feel like you would go and take classes. I think that at times they they mainly work with um, chefs, and oh. but they they have meals and they have tours, and you can Super go cool. and experience their greenhouse and their vegetables so and I would call you to both you and your husband foodies well we like yeah we like food I mean that's, <laughs> that's I do too but yeah. you like you we know, like fun day. food yeah. yeah well we yeah. do a lot with food that's yeah. kind of how we connect and you both and like to cook we both like to yeah. cook and our kids enjoy cooking so it is a it's a way we connect as a family that's awesome okay what is something fun you do around Valentine's Day with your family like your kids mm -hmm. and maybe even extended family I don't know your mom Mom and Dad, yeah. Well, the this it relates to food too. We, um, you know, our family. We all like sushi, except for my son Evan. Our youngest is not into oh, it. So, not yet. yeah, not well. I don't know that he's ever going to going okay. to embrace the sushi. Um, we all really, but I think a lot of people like sushi. Yeah. But I think a lot of people also like us think, oh, the cost to take oh, eight yes. people out to sushi um, is a little much, and so. I, on Valentine's Day, a lot of times we'll put together our own little sushi meal at home. We sort of Ooh. figured out how to do that. And so it kind of keeps the cost down and it's a fun thing for us to do as a family. We have fun putting it together. One year I got a little heavy with the wasabi and the hand rolls. Oh, <laughs> so, oh no. So that added a little spice to our Valentine's Day. Um, <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> you know, but it's a, it's a fun tradition and I think, you know, we all enjoy it and it's fun to spend time together as a family doing that. That's awesome. And another thing that we do on Valentine's Day, and this Matt started on the 
the first Valentine's Day when we had Claire. And so he came home and he had flowers for me and he had flowers for Claire. Aww. And that just, oh, my mother's heart, you know, that just was really yes. sweet. And as we've added, you know, as we've added children to our family, we've kind of continued with that where he'll bring flowers home for the girls and then I always get something for our guys. Cool. And so, I mean, I, I generally get him a box of heart-shaped chocolate yes. that has, you know, that something always, fun on it. So right. there's something mm -hmm. about food. For men. Yeah, food no is their age, no right? matter their age, and a box of chocolates is yeah. just kind of fun. You know, have all yeah. to yourself. Uh, yeah, I actually, um, I, I'm an art lover. I love mm -hmm. art in the art museum in general. I think I've mentioned that before. I actually wanted to be an art elementary art teacher. That mm -hmm. was what I wanted to do. But my father wisely said that was not a good idea. He said there's only one art teacher per building. So he encouraged me instead to be a regular education teacher and just throw art into my classroom, which was great. But um, because of art. I, because of this love, I should mm -hmm. say, I would often get my kids art supplies at Valentine's Day. Oh, that is fun. I don't know why. That just became a tradition. So mm -hmm. it might be oil pastels or some, some of those slick waxy crayons. Sure. Or like some fun scissors. And my kids love that until they get to like teenage years and then it's not so exciting anymore. Mm -hmm. So this year though, for my daughters anyway, um, I bought them beautiful Bible highlighters that are like waxy. So they do still fit in the art feel. In the art feel, yeah. but that, yeah. And kind I of got a more my grown boys their favorite bags of chips and pop. And oh, it was kind of like an art project when I looked mm -hmm. underneath my son's you know, spot at his mm -hmm. computer. Oh, sure. Where yeah. all the crumbs were. I felt like that could be, you know, yeah. that's like art, like, a, you know, abstract art under there. So, yeah, anyway. it's definitely, it's, it is amazing how those yeah. crumbs fall and the patterns <laughs> that they make. Yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, we are here to talk more about love, and that is really fun at Valentine's Day, but I actually brought you on to talk specifically about a different type of love, not mm -hmm. just the fun love at Valentine's Day one, a year, one time a year. I think we have to start off, though, by talking about definitions. So, Sarah, what is a good definition of love? Um, and actually, I think we need to talk about the part of speech of love, too, because I think that might fit in. Okay, well, to kind of to go in a reverse order, I think the answer you're probably expecting here is that love is a verb. And I think that it was a song. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I'm sure it is. Um, you know, but I think when we, I think the answer that a lot of times we give is, oh, love is a verb. And it is, it definitely is a verb. Um, you can't have love without action. Action animates it, action animates love, um, it gives it legs. Mm. But I think that love is way bigger than that. I think that when it's at its best, it's a dovetailing of our understanding and feelings and actions toward another with Christ's perspective toward them. And mm. we're called and required to do that within the framework that God has both established and um, that he allows to come into being over times and places. Yeah, that's good. So it's more than just us doing things, it's right. doing it with mm -hmm. a purpose. It's doing it with a purpose, yes. For Christ, mm -hmm. okay. So what does the Bible say about love? Like, does it give us a different definition? I think the Bible gives us so many definitions about love, it makes my head spin. Yes. Um, when I read, you, you can't go very far without, in reading scripture without yeah. drawing some sorts of, sort of conclusion about love. Um, at the start of our talk, you shared the word circumlocution. Yeah. Did I get that one right? I don't know. Sounds okay. good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, we're far enough away from you saying it the right way. We can do this. Um, and that word has a very specific meaning, as you, you yeah. know, as you pointed out. And a few weeks ago, a friend of mine sent me an article on envy. And by the end of it, I found it to be a helpful article. Um, but man, for like the first third of it, it was spent laying out the differences between envy and jealousy and covetousness and malice mm -hmm. and rivalry and resentment, yeah. you know, it was going to these very specific definitions yes. um, and manifestations of these words. But I think when we deal with love, that's not the case when we read about love in scripture. It's everywhere and it's everything. Yeah. Um, it's related to knowing and to being known, 
to vulnerability and to intimacy. It's related to discipline and to suffering, to situations that are incredibly difficult and hurtful. You know, mm -hmm. but then forgiveness, grace, and mercy travel with yeah. love like they're bosom buddies. I mean, we've yeah. got that going on. We see instances where love is expressed through right fearing, um, but then we also read about love driving out fear. Yeah, yeah. Um, what a dichotomy, is that right? The right word, like the opposites yeah. of each yeah. other? Where it just, it's it, because it's just in everything. Yeah. Um, we see Christ's tenderness expressed at the serendipitous meeting with the Samaritan woman at mm -hmm. the well. You know, and her life is kind of scandalous. You yes. think he'd be a little like, ooh, um, but then it seems like he was pretty harsh to the fig tree, you know, yes. which yes. seems pretty innocent, just a fig tree. You know, so it's just, I think when we think about love, it's everywhere in scripture and it's, um, there's just a lot of different ways that it manifests yeah. itself and that we can think about it and see it expressed and defined. I think the tidiest definition is also the broadest. Um, we read in 1 John 4, 8 that God is love. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's very succinct it's very very well yeah. expressed there um but that has i mean wow you can go pretty deep with yes. that one um and i think that john 15 john chapter 15 really helps us understand how god loves us and how we should love others so it, it fleshes out that idea that we see in first john 4 8. yeah that's a that whole concept god is love is mm -hmm. much wow it's like mm -hmm. a it's a deep hole mm -hmm. when you think through it. I don't mean in a negative way, just mm -hmm. there's so much in it. That can go down. It's yeah. more than the dollar store notebook you get that says God is love on it, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's sort of, you know, and it's, you know, you think of it as a deep hole, as a big mountain. Yes. It's just, it's Everything. it's expansive. You're never yeah. going to exhaust it. You are, I mean, and we're never going to know the depths of that. Yeah. I was just going to say, we're never going to completely understand it. Right. Yeah. So how many times does um, the Bible use the word love? You referenced that it was all over the Bible. So how many oh, yes. times? And what might be some of the best verses that we could go to for the definition? Okay. Well, I did a little, you know, I had to do a little digging here. And a lot of it depends on what sort of translation sure. of the Bible you use. So sure. English Standard Version, that uses the word love 552 times. Wow. The King James Version is 311. Okay. You know, so a and, bit of range there. Yeah. And I wonder if the that? King James Version has different words, like, Mm -hmm. Instead of using love, it uses other words because it was from a different era. Right. It can be, know. might use words that are more specific. Um, yeah. The first mention that we have of love is in Genesis 22, um, chapter, you know, Genesis chapter 22, which I was surprised that it was that far yeah. in. Yeah. That's um, interesting. But it's also really interesting when the first time that the word love is used is when um, God is testing Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. And the parallel between that passage in Genesis 22, 1 through 2, with John 3, 16, where God said that he sent Christ to die for our sins, mm -hmm. and that if we believe in him that we should not perish but have eternal life, there's a lot of parallels between mm -hmm. those two. So I, I can't help but think that's not by accident, right. that, those two, that those two passages are, are so similar. So we see the first mention of the word love in Genesis 22, um, and then that's mirrored in John 3.16. Then we go in and we also in the Bible, depending on the, the language that we're using, if it's the Hebrew or the Greek, there are lots of variations in the word love yeah. and lots of meanings. So the word love might be used, but if you go back to the, we might use that in English. Just that word in general. Yeah. We might use love, but then when you go back and you look at the Greek, there are like nine words that oh. we translate as love. Oh, that's interesting. Right, and so you have, you know, eros, which would be romantic love. Um, you have storge, I don't even know if I'm saying these right, but <laughs> that is more of an enduring love oh. that comes through. It's sort of what romantic love transitions oh. into. You know, like when, when you're- married 25 years. 
Well, I don't know. It seemed the explanations gave it more like when you were really super old. But yeah, okay. yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But like okay. you know, but the endure, you know, yeah. you've got um, phileo, which would be you know the love of friendship, agape, love, pragma, uh, philatia, ludus. So there's all these different kinds mm. of love, and some of them are you know they they reference different different kinds of relationships and different sorts of love. So you can understand the word love better by knowing actually. By knowing those, I think by knowing those different Greek, right? Mm-hmm. Greek by things. knowing the Greek that they that huh. they're referencing there. Wow. Okay. So, what about passages in the Bible? What are some passages that help us understand love? Well, I think the ones that have helped me understand love more. Um, we talked about First John four eight, God is love. Yep. But that whole the verses all surrounding that, I think, help us understand God's love for for man yeah. um, and give us a framework for that. I think John 15 verses nine through 15, we talked about yep. that a little earlier, that um, it can help us know, um, kind of give some legs to the love mm -hmm. that we have. Um, when we talk about how to love, I think first Corinthians 13, I mean, everybody's yeah. familiar with that. Yes. You know, love is patient, love is, you know, kind that's, yes. yeah. So. I can sing it to the Brady Bunch theme song if you want, but. Okay, well that, you know, if you want to tack that yes. in, you yes. go, okay. I mean, <laughs> you're hosting this, Julie, you can do what you want here. Uh, I'm not gonna tell you not to. Um, I think it's important to note that the fruits of the spirit are mentioned mm -hmm. after each of the first two yeah. passages. So I think that we see those qualities being reiterated and those are all um, action and attitude oriented. Yes. And so I think when we see those and they're tied with love, that's a real big tip off as to yeah. um, how we're supposed to be doing things. And then, um, you know, in Galatians 5, um, that goes into the fruits of the spirit again and I think flushes it out even more. So I yeah. think that because the fruits of the spirit seem to be tied to love so often, then knowing more about them is, yes. you know, is imperative for a believer. We want to explore those and, and get familiar with them. And I've heard when you study the Bible, when you see a list, um, not always, but I think there's a purpose to the order with which mm -hmm. they were put down, put mm -hmm. into Galatians, for example, and mm -hmm. love's the first one. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. love is kind of the foundation of all those other mm -hmm. ones. Right, and I actually, over the summer, I was training for a race and I listened to a sermon series that went over the fruits of the spirit oh. and it, um, and that sermon series really tied love to all the others, that if you mm. don't have love, you can't do all of these other things. Nice. You know, if you don't have love, you can't. You can't have peace. You can't have peace. You can't have patience, self-control. Yes. And so it was saying that love really is the impetus for all of those. Mm. Um, so it was a, you know, it was helpful to think about and to, to dwell on while I pounded the miles out. Yeah, well, good for you. I'm, yeah. That's I, I, good for you for listening to the sermon series and good for you for training for a marathon. It, yeah, it was a, a race. Yeah, it was a yeah. It was I'm not a, doing that, girl. I'm glad you're doing that. No, well, I don't know that I'm doing that ever again. So <laughs> with lots of fun that time. But um, okay, so um, what would be so I, we always talk about the difference between the world and mm -hmm. like a Christian's view because I think that's good. So what would be a Christian's view of love? Oh, in a nutshell, I think it's pursuing the good of others and God's glory and mm. doing those things together. Hmm, that's good. Say so, that again. Pursuing the good of others and God's glory. Hmm. So it's not just pursuing the good for ourselves, what feel good, feels good. That's right. actually not a part mm -hmm. of your definition. No, I don't think it's, I think there are times where, oh, something feel. you know, it makes us happier, it brings right. us pleasure, it brings joy. And so those are things that we might pursue in a loving way. But I think we always have to tie it to, is this good and is it bringing God glory? That's um, good. I think that those are, and certainly, you know, well, I was going to say that I think that definition 
seems relatively basic, mm-hmm. but it's actually just like God is love kind of concept. It's mm-hmm. gigantic. Yeah, but it gives you, there's a lot of freedom in it and yeah. a lot of, um, there's a lot of latitude there Yeah, where I, I think that that's encouraging that God gives us these basic principles and then he's going to show us how to live yeah. this out. His Holy Spirit is going to guide yeah. and direct us in this, that yeah. it's not a formula. It's not something that we can just, you know, check off a box right. and do. It's, um, you know, we're going to have to have wisdom and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. More process. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, you probably remember the, the, the day of your marriage. I loved mm-hmm. my husband, mm-hmm. but I love him way differently now. Oh, yeah. So it makes me think mm-hmm. of how that happens in a marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, with this, the same type of love is you're always learning. Mm-hmm. You're always pursuing. You're always processing, working mm-hmm. in love. That's good. Yeah. Okay, what about the Bible? What is it? What are some examples of people who loved well in the Bible? Well, we've got a lot of examples of people who loved well yeah. in the Bible. So that this, this was a nice question to kind of yeah. reflect on. And it was hard to narrow, hard to narrow that down. Um, I think that Joseph is just a wonderful portrait of, and as I thought of these, I thought of the qualities that we learn from yeah. the people. Um, I think they all loved well, but they all sort of highlight something different for me and are an encouragement to me in a particular area of loving. So with Joseph, I think we see the forgiveness of God mm-hmm. and him, mm-hmm. and that couldn't have been easy. And oh. it wasn't a quick thing. It was no. that, um, but the forgiveness, that he had and how the Lord used that for not only Joseph's good, but the good of his brothers, the yeah. good of the whole nation of Israel and to God's glory. I mean, it's, yes. you know, you read about Joseph and I just think that's a wonderful example and yeah. a big a big encouragement to me. Um, you know, when we read about Moses, I just think of his long suffering, of his endurance and yes. that this wasn't loving in this way, wasn't really like his his big thing. You know, yeah. I, I don't yeah. think Moses, you know, we know he didn't really want to be a spokesperson. Right. I don't know that he wanted this role, um, but he took it on and yeah. he loved well in that, um, just his long suffering and his endurance with the Israelites in the um, the character of Ruth or in the person of Ruth, mm-hmm. I think we see a lot of sacrifice and just mm-hmm. being um, oriented toward others and how the Lord used that both for, yeah. you know, once again, for the good of all involved and for his glory yes. um, is really is really an encouragement there. In the New Testament, um, we read about Mary bringing the oil and anointing Jesus's feet mm-hmm. and just the humility yes. that she showed and how that was recognized by Christ. And I think that that's um, that's an encouragement, something I want to learn more about, um, yeah. is her story. and yeah. um, the humility. That is definitely part of love. Oh, I think humility is a big part of love. <laughs> I mean, yep. that's, you can't get, because it, I mean, love has to be others focused and yep. you know, we're not naturally inclined no. that way. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> so, and then of course, um, you know, I mean, if we're th- talking about love, we can't avoid the person of Christ. It would be yes. because he's the perfect embodiment of love. Yes. And so I think studying studying his example and the way that he interacted with people and all different kinds of people and the ways that he loved them. I mean, yeah. we can we can learn so much from that. Yep. And it really challenges, I think, sometimes our thinking. We have a, yeah. what our idea of love is yeah. to read about him is, um, you know, that's if we really are studying that and trying to grow in that, that's life changing. That's, yeah. you, can't, can't, you can't help but be impacted by it. I actually heard one time a woman telling me that she was focusing on something in her life and so she, she started to read the Bible, and every time mm-hmm. she saw that thing highlighted, she mm-hmm. would highlight it and make a note in her journal of where she saw it. I think you could do that with love. Oh, yeah. I think mm-hmm. you could do that with love. If you were struggling with loving people, loving somebody, you could <clears throat> start 
reading the Bible wherever mm-hmm. you're at mm-hmm. and looking for ways and mm-hmm. looking for the examples. Because I think all those people you just said, mm-hmm. that was so great because it, it gave examples of how they were doing it. Mm-hmm. Forgiving, the humility part, you know, mm-hmm. the sacrifice. Those are just huge things in mm-hmm. love. Um, so I think that would be great. I also think it'd be great if you have not read through the Gospels in the Bible, I oh, would yeah. definitely go read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. I think they're great. I think it'd be great to do that. And I think I remember reading that one summer. That's all I did was read the Gospels. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing to do. Yeah. Sometimes it's, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you just yeah. get to see the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And I think if you plop in it and you just keep going over those, I think it's good to do that every yeah. once in a while where you're just kind of cycling through the Gospels and that really, it brings things, brings common points up and it keeps you thinking on it. Yeah, absolutely. It brings it to your attention. Okay, so I always I always like to um, contrast things okay. whenever I'm learning. I love to write in my notebook like the opposites or make those mm-hmm. T-charts. You ever make a T-chart like the opposite on a, on a sheet of paper? Here's what one way to look at things and then here's the opposite way, way, right? Okay. So um, what are some examples of people in the Bible who did not love well? Who did not love well. Okay, well, these are kind of related to the people who did love well. Okay. So I think... We can look at Joseph's brothers, and those can give oh, us yes. a pretty good idea of, That's... you know, attitudes and actions that if we're if we're if we're identifying over there with those sorts of things, we know we're probably not being loving. Yeah. You know, we need to get away from that. So I think um, just that the list of things that are associated with with those guys, and, and you can kind of see how they got to that point. That's what, yes, you know, and so I think it's good for me to look at that and think okay you know it's not like joseph's brothers started with let's put the kid in the well and sell him it started it started earlier you know and so i think that's a good encouragement to us to be on guard to those little attitudes that can develop in us that are going to take us off course in a big way yes um you know i think another example of somebody who didn't love well was pharaoh you know yes yeah um nope he did not (laughs) he did not and that was to you i mean you look at his story and that was to the detriment of his people and um to him it did not it i mean it ended up bringing god glory but it did not it did not go. It did not go well for him. Um, and then the Pharisees. I really think we can learn a lot of what not to do by looking at the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. That people who really thought they were serving the Lord and that they were doing really good things yeah. and that they were, um, you know, I think that's a really good thing for those of us who are believers to keep that in mind. That yes. you can feel like you're in a really good camp and a really good place and really doing good things, but. Um, you can be really off base. And we yeah. always need to be coming back to scripture and to Christ and to saying, are we lining up with that? Yes. You know, is, are, yeah. are we in line with that? Because we can, we can get off course and yeah. that can happen pretty easily. That's you know, a really good quickly. point. That's mm-hmm. a good point for anyone who's listening, who is already involved in the church, involved in the Bible studies, mm-hmm. involved in things, maybe leading things. Mm-hmm. Like how easy mm-hmm. it is to become a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. Like we probably should yeah. ask ourselves, am I becoming a Pharisee? Like, am I doing yeah. this? Well, and so, I don't think, yeah, and I don't think we should be surprised if we are. I yeah. think that's pretty, is a, I mean, I think that's yes, kind I of, in, yeah, and so we shouldn't be surprised about it and we shouldn't, you know, yeah. it's not, then we just, we confess that and we, yeah. we get back on track, you know, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, God's faithful to do that. He's not gonna, he doesn't want to leave us there. So no. we gotta, you know, that's his love for mm-hmm. us to pull us back. Exactly. Yep. Um, okay. So what about the world? Because the world probably has a different definition of love. So what does the world say love is, and what does the world say love isn't? Okay. Well, I don't think that the world is completely off base or wrong-headed in its view of love. You okay. know, So I, you know, 
I think they get a lot of things right. And I think love is just so pervasive. And so, you know, that yeah. they're going to, um, you know, that's a topic where there is a lot of overlap. And yeah. I think there is a lot of common language. Um, but I think that oftentimes in the world, their view of love is a view that gets twisted at crucial points. Um, you know, and that's not surprising. You know, when Satan no. was tempting <laughs> Jesus in the wilderness, he didn't just pull things out of thin air right. and make stuff up. Um, he based it on truth, he based it on scripture, um, but he took it just enough out of context and with omissions and additions that, you know, it wasn't true anymore. Right. You know, but it, it sure sounded pretty good. Um, so I think the world does the same thing with love and I think we as Christians can do this too. And so we need to be aware, we need to be on guard um, mm. that our view of love lines up with scripture and isn't, you know, an adulteration or, or a right. twisting of it. Um, so what are some things that the world says? Okay. Well, the two big things that I see are just fallacies, both in how we receive love and how we give love. Okay. Um, I think that that's kind of how I, I define it and think about it. I'm sure there's lots of other ways to, to go about talking about it. Um, but, you know, where can we go wrong with how we receive love? Um, I think one way that we can do that, that might be saying, well, the way that I receive love is X, Y, and Z. And if someone's expression of love for me doesn't meet that criteria, you know, right. if the way that they show love doesn't match up with that, maybe they show it L, L M, and N, you know, right. these alphabetical ways that we love people, <laughs> um, you know, well, then deals off. I'm going to deign yeah. that. I'm not going to receive that. I'm going right. to be um, not happy with that. And so I think that, you know, if, if you're in a close relationship with somebody and those two things don't meet up, you should probably talk about yeah. it. Um, but I don't think that we can... Um, that we can reject the love of somebody else because it doesn't match up with what we're wanting to receive right. at the time. Um, a friend of mine, she she and I are both married to engineers. And so we were one time joking about how people kept putting up all of these, you know, really mushy posts about their spouses. Oh, you yes. know, um, I think it was husbands putting up mushy posts about their wives. Yes. And we were saying, you know, well, our husbands probably aren't going to do that, but, you know, they'll come down and they'll, you know, they'll fix the coffee maker yeah. if it's not working. Or, you know, on a hot day, my husband will go out and make sure the air conditioning is doing its thing yes. that they, you know, and I mean, they do have these very sweet expressions of love for us, but we just said we have to be open to the way that they yeah love us yes. and if we're you know we can't expect it to be yes be ways that other people's husbands love them and actually the older i was talking with somebody recently and they were talking about you know oh that their daughter's boyfriend had written her a song and that they were oh. singing it to her and i just thought to myself oh my i would be so like that would make me so uncomfortable yes. i couldn't yes <laughs> so so i you know i think that that that's just yeah that's that's true it's mm -hmm. it, how God or how um, people love is different than what we think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that's, that's so funny you bring that up. So my husband's not an engineer, mm -hmm. but, but he he is a realtor. So okay. he thinks in mm -hmm. houses, mm -hmm. right? And so the way that he loved me this past week, mm -hmm. and I know this because I came home from somewhere and he had snowblowed our driveway and got everything clean. Mm -hmm. And I actually took a picture of him and I thought, yeah. this is the man that loves me mm -hmm. you know he takes good care of me he's mm -hmm. all in his he's got like you can't all you see is his eyes you know because it's been <laughs> snowy here where we live and oh yeah but that was his way to show he's an action guy mm -hmm. he does things like that sounds right. like your husband's more like that like he's mm -hmm. gonna fix the coffee pot or yeah. i don't know figure mm -hmm. out how to do it better even <laughs> yeah figure out more efficient ways right. to to do yeah. things and things that are gonna you know That's that good. are blessing me and blessing our family so yeah i think we need to be open to that you know so and i think one thing that is actually it's a little hokey but in the past year 
I took that, you know, the five love languages. Oh, yes. I went ahead and I took that little quiz and then I kind of took it for my family too. Mm -hmm. And it really was helpful to me as my kids are getting older and their personalities yes. are developing. It really helped me to know, okay, how do they express love? How do they like to receive yeah. love? And just being aware of that. Now, yep. that doesn't mean I have to, you know, that I'm always going to cater to that right. or that it can only happen in that way, but it was very helpful to me. Yeah. Um, and understanding my children and understanding myself and Matt to be like, okay, well, you know, do we fall yeah. into these categories? And it really, you know, um, it's been helpful for me I, to... I agree with you. I think mm -hmm. those are good. I I am not a flower girl. I'm mm -hmm. not really like that. So Bill, my husband, knows he, he doesn't need to bring me flowers. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't. Okay. I'm sure there's people out there who love flowers, mm -hmm. you know, and so that's great. In fact, I recently just bought some because I wanted to bright, brighten up my brighten living room. I but, saw those up yeah. in, yeah. yeah. But... Um, my love language, well, I mean, as you said, we're not going to only have one. Mm -hmm, we're right. going to have a mixture. But I love time. I like hanging out. Yep. That's, so it's mm -hmm. interesting. That is good to know and think about. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great way to think about, to practice love. Right. To think about all those. Yeah. What else do we go wrong with in how we receive love? Um, I think that, so I, we started by talking about, you know, we might be wrongheaded or off in the way that we're receiving love. Um, I think we can go wrong too when we equate something else with love and seeing ourselves as unloved when we don't receive that desired thing. Um, hmm. I think anybody who has been around kids for any length of time gets this one. You know, it's my parents don't love me because they won't get me a pony. Um, okay, okay right. well, that's probably not the case. Right. Or perhaps we're desiring something negative and the fact that we're not getting that is actually a blessing from God, but we see that as unloved or right. from another person. You know, well, they're right. not giving me this. And you're like, well, no, that's actually... Good. That's actually long-term a good thing, but I think that we can begin to, um, you know, I mean, I do it where if I'm, you know, oh, I'm not receiving encouragement or I'm not receiving, right. you know, there's ways that I want to, you know, and if I'm not receiving that, then I, I'm getting right. upset about that. Which is a lie of Satan. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. there are lots of ways that other people are loving me and yeah. that certainly that God's loving me. It just yeah. might not be in the, the form, right. you know, what I want might be confusing it with something else. Um, um, I think we've all experienced this one where we're trying to fill an account that only accepts the currency of Christ with man's love and approval, mm, you know? And yes. I know when I get in that frame of mind, it's like nothing is going to satisfy yes. me. And so when I, you know, I mean, it sounds a little trite or hokey, but you know, if I have a God-shaped hole and I'm trying to filling, <laughs> fill yeah. it with something that's man-made, you know, that's just not going to happen. And no. it's a frustration. Um, you know, I've been the person who isn't pursuing or receiving God's love and acceptance, and so that hole isn't getting filled. Right. Um, you know, so if I'm not pursuing that, then I don't have the security and the rest that he provides. Um, I don't have the knowledge that where he has me is really good and purposeful. Yeah. Um, and instead, um, I'm trying to load man's love and approval and accolades and acceptance into that spot, you know, mm -hmm. and it, that's just not going to work. That account is never going to reach equilibrium. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that that's a... A bad place to be if I think we have to make sure that we're putting putting the love in the right accounts yeah. and we're we're being good about that um, you know I've been on the other side of that equation too or that process where you know you're trying to show love to someone and you kind of come to the conclusion you realize nothing that I personally offer this right. person is going to fill the it's gonna fill them up it's not gonna be enough yeah. um, because what they need is God's love they need God's love yeah. they need his acceptance they need his yes. security um, and so in those situations, you know, you can just point them to him and, right. um, yeah, in that. That's really good, Sarah, because one thing I heard through what you said is the fact that 
um, well, we've all probably been there where we Oh, have, yeah, we've been on both sides you know, of that one. Yes, mm-hmm. and how to kind of, you know, write your course mm-hmm. is probably to go back to what truth says. Mm-hmm. Go back to the Bible and look at where, maybe do some of that searching on what love is in the mm-hmm. Bible and kind mm-hmm. of reorient yourself so you're not trying to yeah. fill your hole, mm-hmm. your God-shaped hole with something else. Right. I'm not it's saying fine. that that's easy. No, no, and it takes, I think... Pro- yeah. It's a process. It's a, yeah, and sometimes we need other people to help us on yes. on the way and yeah. to, to redirect us with all of that. But yeah, no, it's, I think, going back to Scripture and to, to an understanding of God's love for us and just the, the wonder of it is, yeah. is imperative there. Um, so we talked about the things where we can go wrong in, re- in receiving love, and then, you know, I also think that we can go wrong in how we, in how we give love. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. You know, and so we want to be on guard for that because if we're going to be giving love to people, we want it to be, you know, we want it to be God honoring. We yeah. want it to be for their good and for God's glory to lead yeah. to that. Um, so I think that sometimes we can give something that we say is love, but its desire is merely for the happiness or pleasure of the other person at the expense of their good and God's glory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I think this is where we we are very fond of them. We want good things for them, but we aren't ordering the love that we're giving them in accordance with what what God has for them. Right. Um, we might be seeking them their temporal happiness rather than eternal glory. You know, the passage in John 15 talks about how when we obey God, we are remaining in His love, and the purpose of that is so that His joy in us may be complete. Mm. And we're not loving people when we look out for somebody's happiness and pleasure at the expense of their joy. You know, mm. those two have to or those three things have to be tied together. You know, we want people, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with happiness um, and pleasure, but it needs to be tied to joy being complete in somebody, God's joy being complete in them. And so um, I think we have to have to keep that in mind as we love people. Yes, absolutely. Um, Another way that I think that we can go wrong in how we give love is giving love to get something back. Oh, yeah. um, you know that a very self you know very self-serving love as I you know use little air quotes here um, at the start of a lot of relationships you know both romantic and with friendship I don't think it's unusual or you know even particularly scandalous for us to be in it for what the other person offers you know sure. I think that's pretty typical you know yeah. you don't typically fall in love with someone or start up you know like those friendships that spring up don't just happen because you're feeling incredibly altruistic. You know, right. you like something about this person. Right. You like the way they make you feel. You like the, you know. Right. It feels good. Yeah, there's things there. Um, C.S. Lewis talks about this in his book, The Problem of Pain. He talks about how Plato calls human love the child of poverty. Um, you know, huh. it sees something in other people that it needs and desires, and it goes for it. Wow. You know, and I think God has kind of designed us like this. We do, I mean, this right. is how a lot of relationships and and things come about, um, but praise God that we have access to his love for others and that our relationships can mature and we can move on from that, sort right. of that impetus for it, the human love that begins it, right. and we can move into God's love for others. You know, mm. So I think that we, while that might be the start of some of our relationships, we have to move from that yeah. that focus of, oh, well, what, what am I getting out of this? Why, right. why do I like this to, you know, we're moving into a more mature and godly love for others. Yeah, which I think is, Similar to when we talked a little bit ago about when you first get married mm-hmm. and you love your husband and how it changes 25, 50 years in. Right. I'm not 50 years in, but let's, I'm but pretty the, sure it does okay. change for 50 does years change. in. Yeah, when you're getting to 50 yeah. years there. The final way that I think that we can go wrong in how we are giving love to people is to giving 
giving love in a way that doesn't consider the object of our affection. You know, we kind of talked about this on the flip side when we were talking about right. receiving love in, in a wrong way. But I think, you know, we do have to consider the object of our affection or the person that we're interacting with when mm -hmm. we're showing love. You know, saying that we're loving people, but the way we're going about it doesn't take them into account and, right. and is maybe playing more to our strengths and to our preferences. You know, that's probably not, right. that's not really love. That's more something we're doing for ourselves. Um, I have a funny story here that I think I can share that okay. demonstrates this. I love fun um, stories. I'm ready. Okay. Well, this is, it, it's a long ago fun story and everybody involved still laughs about it. But okay. um, an example of this would be when my mom was turning 50. Okay. okay. I was in college and my mom was turning 50 and I came home from school and we were going to go out and we were going to celebrate her birthday. So I came home from college and my dad and I had talked on the phone and I was like, you need to get a cake and here's the bakery that she likes, oh, nice. you know, and we kind of reviewed cakes and things like that. So we got home and I asked him, you know, I, I got home from college, drove in and I asked him, do you have the cake? And he said, oh, I do. I've got it. It's down in the basement. Yay. Perfect. So we run downstairs and I look at this cake. And this cake is a very, it, it will serve like 25 people. And it's a much smaller gathering than that for my mom's oh my 50th goodness. birthday. And it is a German chocolate cake Ooh. with caramel icing Yum. and coconut all over Yum. it. Yum. I'll take a piece right now. Well, you might, Julie, but that is John Cleveland's favorite cake. Judy does not like oh, German chocolate no. cake with caramel icing and coconut <laughs> sprinkles. And so as we open up the box, I look at it and I say, well, Dad, it's a lovely cake. But this is your favorite oh. cake. She likes angel food cake. <laughs> and oh, my no. dad was like, the look on his face was just, <gasps> and I think, it, you know, he realized. Yes. Right. So I think that's it. You know, he got the cake that he would like yep. and that he was excited about, you know, and it all worked out fine. And we yeah. kind of, you know, in our family, that's sort of a story of, you know, of lore that we laugh about. Um, yeah. But I think it demonstrates that principle of, you know, when we're going to love somebody, we need to consider Yes. What is going to be helpful for them? Yeah. What what is what are they going to appreciate? What is really going to be good for them? Not what's convenient for me. Yeah, that's really good. That's you a good know. question to ask ourselves often mm -hmm. when we're right. thinking through things because it is mm -hmm. actually very easy mm -hmm. to get them something that you like. Yeah. I mean, that's actually kind of natural mm -hmm. to get something, oh, you know, you're going to like this because I like it. Because I, and sometimes that does work out, you know, yes. but in this, you know, but I think we really need to, we need to think about that. The ways that we're loving people, the yeah. things that we're, um, the things we're trying to help them with and yeah. to, to be around. We want to. A few years mm -hmm. ago, um, I asked my husband what were some things that he, that showed him that I loved him, like mm -hmm. communication, because yeah. you even mentioned it before. Sometimes you just need to talk through things. Mm -hmm. And I <clears throat> I think I read it in a book somewhere. So I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to be the great wife and I'm going to ask him this. And yeah. so he gave me a list, mm -hmm. 10 things. And um, the top number one, okay, was sex. So okay. I worked well, that's that. it. Yeah. Just going to be honest. <laughs> but number two was socks and underwear in his drawer, clean and ready to go. Now he was a full-time teacher at the time mm -hmm. and he would get up and I was not always up before he left because he had to leave at 6.30 in the morning. And that was his frustration. And I was not real good at getting laundry done. I mean, this okay. is 25 years ago, okay. early marriage. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting that that thing, asking him, I was like, I can do this. Yeah, this I is, can totally And it's number two this. on his list. Yes. And I mean, and the first one's kind of fun. Yes, so I mean, so. those were <laughs> both home runs. I know, but it was good for communication. I think mm -hmm. I was thinking about how you commented earlier that we mm -hmm. need to communicate sometimes and talk about it mm -hmm. rather than just assume we know. Right. 
and that's yeah and communication oh my goodness that's if you can if you can be talking with people especially yeah. the people that you're close with in life yeah um that's that's going to be key to being able yes. to love them well yeah okay let's talk more practical side of love okay let's um let's talk about some of the like i just gave an example and you did mm -hmm. too about the cake which i still okay. want a piece of that cake but anyway oh, it was good i mean i like german chocolate yeah. cake. i mean it was <laughs> my dad and i had a great time yes. that birthday and well, we did. We got the woman another cake. I, I just, just want to be clear. That. Yeah, no, she so, was well taken care of. So then you actually had two cakes. So this is good. Yeah, it was a it was a sugar high that weekend. <laughs> I went back to college ready for. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. okay, let's talk more practical side. Okay. What are some commands God gives us in regard to love? Like, how are we actually supposed to love, mm -hmm. and who are we called to love? Okay, well, if we're going to be like Christ and we're going to go grow in Christ, then it's just a given that we're going to love. Okay, it's not optional and it should overflow from us. It should be big. At times, it should make a little noise. Okay. You know? Probably a lot of times it should make a little sure. noise. Um, and it's not just because we delight in the people that we love, but because we are intimately acquainted with the giver of this mm. gift. Because we know, I mean, we can love because we know God, because yes. we know Christ, because the Holy Spirit is in us. And yep. so, um, you know, that that is what's going to drive us mm -hmm. and is going to be is going to be the wellspring that's in us yeah. is is that love that he that we have from him and that we can then give to others when and so when it's hard to love somebody it mm -hmm. doesn't have to be oh right, it does out of our own strength right it doesn't have to it's not out of our right. own strength right. it's out of christ yeah, yeah. that's good mm -hmm. in your last question um you know you were asking who are we supposed to love and i think the answer to this is everyone but i kind of hinted at this earlier when i said that we love people within the framework that god has both established and allows to come into being um you know so proximity changes relationships change people change um i think we're gonna need to regularly evaluate those things to make sure that we're rightly oriented mm -hmm. you know the um you know the way that i love my neighbor is going to be different than the way that i love my family absolutely um, you know there are times when god brings me into contact with people for you know and it's a pretty intense kind of contact yeah. um but that could change they could move away or our situations could change um and you know i don't think there's that's that's just the way that god works things yeah. um you know so i think that we need to be evaluating things and looking at it so that we know who's in our orbit who should we be loving like asking ourselves mm -hmm. how am i loving and am i doing it well mm -hmm. am you i know? doing yeah am i Okay, so Sarah, you, you know I love lists. Mm -hmm. I do. I love all kinds of lists. I'm a list girl. So, a list lady. A list lady. I a like list that. Lady. I yeah. like the alliteration. In I the love alliteration. Yeah. A lovely list lady. A lo we hey, could, <laughs> we, could, we could just keep going. We could add all the L words here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, back to the podcast now. Okay. Okay, but here's the thing. I'm going to give you some different groups of people, but before I do that, I want mm -hmm. you to, do you have any specific principles mm -hmm. on how to love people? Okay. Well, I think that a lot of general principles on how we can love people are born from the fruits of the spirit. And yeah. they, I mean, they're very broad. So we can apply these in our close relationships yeah. and our more distant ones. Um, you know, so yeah, no, I think there are some general principles that can be helpful to us. Um, I think the idea of humility, you know, we referenced this when we were talking about people yeah. who loved well in the Bible. I think not taking yourself too seriously, be willing to be a bit offended. These are, are good. Yeah. <laughs> the, it's, you know, it doesn't come yeah. naturally, but these are good principles to have. Um, you know, if I sit around and I think about it too hard, I can get myself into a wad over an, any number yes. of things. 
um, that happened during my day and you know well those people don't appreciate this and I wasn't asked to do that you know and how could she not invite right. me to this occasion over right. here you know and what possessed him to say that to me I mean that's yeah. that was just Friday you know I know <laughs> you and know? then add kids into it and it's easy to become offended right your kids yeah oh though, that's yes that is very even true they're probably not even offended by the thing isn't that I surprising yes. there are times with my kids where I'll be like well they must be really hurt about yes. that and then not, you kind of bring it up in a roundabout way and you find out they don't care and so but I, I did yeah, yeah. And I'm like I need yeah. to let this go so I think humility developing humility yeah. in ourselves is a good thing to just to not be so concerned with ourselves um, you know I think getting mired in that kind of thinking is going to get in the way of me loving people um, yeah, I'm going to be honked off with them and yeah. it's going to get in the way of me loving other people, not just those people that yeah. um, I feel like they've wronged me, but it's going to get in the way of me loving other yeah. people because I'm so churned up about stuff. Yeah. So I think that just encouraging humility in ourselves, it's not easy, but I'm always happier when I do that. That's really good advice because um, it's so easy to become offended. Mm -hmm. That's good. Oh, yeah. That's like you said, mm -hmm. that was just last Friday. That no, was I just totally last. Understand. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, another principle that I think serves us well is to assume to assume the best about others and to extend grace and mercy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what a gift we give to others and to ourselves when we don't jump to conclusions about someone and attribute bad motives to them. Mm, um, that's so, so powerful. You know, and I guess that ties into humility too because you're you're not assuming that you know everything. Yeah. You know, you're kind of being humble in the way that you're taking that information in. But I think then this is applying that grace and mercy in situations. Yeah. Um, you know, I see those bumper stickers a lot about, you know, you don't know what someone's going through today, oh. be kind, or yes. sometimes they're phrased differently, but you get the idea. Yeah. Um, you know, and that really resonates with me, um, just that idea of being kind and, uh, yeah. you know, not not jumping to conclusions. and being And even maybe when you have the information, that would cause that, you know, reinforces that conclusion that you could have extending grace and mercy because you yeah. still don't know the whole story. Yes. Um, yes. You know, around six years ago, I went through a really difficult time and I pulled back from a lot of my relationships for quite a while. Um, and afterwards, after that time when I was starting to sort of come out of it, I had lunch with a friend and I explained myself to her. You know, I kind of said, you know, I'm sorry that this happened. And she said, this was such a gift to me. Like, I still get a little overclumped over it when I think about it. Um, you know, we were just sitting there eating our curry. And she said, <laughs> you know, she's like, well, you know, that she was glad that I told her and that my behavior had been hurtful to her, but that she knew it wasn't like me and she figured something must be amiss and that mm. she had just been praying for me. You know, and the fact that that was her response to me, mm. you know, it was just, it was overwhelming to me. And it was just such a picture of, Yes. I thought I can give this gift to someone else because yep. she really was so understanding of, well, yeah, that hurt, but I didn't really know what was going on. Right. And so I prayed for you. And I thought that is, that is a really, a, you know, was just, I keep saying it, but it was just a real gift to me. And it's been a great example to me yeah. of how, um, of how to respond yeah. when I'm, when I'm dealing with a hurtful situation. Yeah. And I loved that in there, you were honest that maybe you were going through a difficult time and mm -hmm. maybe there was something on your end. Right. You there, know? I mean, there was. There were things that, you know. And mm -hmm. both of you, mm -hmm. like this is how relationships work. This is love, yeah. what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's not state. We're all going to get hurt and offended. Mm -hmm. We're all going to have times where we're not kind. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, last Friday, you know, mm -hmm. I was That's not right. kind. So, you know, this is where we have to work mm -hmm. through that. And I love that communication element in what mm -hmm. you just said. That's great. That's yeah, great. That was, yeah. Okay, is there any other principles before we jump into my list? 
Well, yes, I think the other, uh, the final principle that I think is good to keep in mind is the idea of forgiveness, and that is a big one. Yes. I mean, I think that's if we're going to talk about love, you've got to talk about forgiveness. Yep. Um, working on being quick to forgive will help us as we love others. Um, the pro I mean, you could probably do a podcast. You could probably do 10 podcasts on forgiveness, we Julie. We did do one, but okay. I think we it was long, Okay. and yeah. I think we could have done 10. Yeah, I think you can we could do. do a whole year on forgiveness. You could do. I mean, so much. It's a it's a deep topic, but um, you know, I'm constantly reminded in my relationships. I'm just reminded a whole lot of Ephesians four thirty two, um, and just that God's forgiveness of me requires me to forgive others, mm -hmm. um, and that it's that when I choose not to, a separation develops not just yep. between me and the other person, but between me and Christ. Yes. And that yes. that can quickly backfire into bitterness and that bitterness is a huge enemy to love. Yes. You don't want to get into that. And just, um, I guess the older I get, and I see this in my kids too, I see just the freedom that comes from forgiveness yeah. where it's just, it's, <laughs> it, it's just a wonderful thing. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. not, and not just like, oh, I've been forgiven and that's wonderful. That is true. But yeah. I've forgiven somebody yeah. and the freedom that that allows yeah. me is really... Huge. It, it's huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So actually, <clears throat> last summer, we spent time um, on a podcast mm -hmm. talking about the book, How to Be Free from Bitterness. Okay. And so Great book. we, Erica Simpson and I, um, mm -hmm. went through that book and we read it, mm -hmm. not on the podcast, but we mm -hmm. talked about it. Yeah. And um, it was very impactful to me. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very good book. If you are in mm -hmm. a spot where you are having difficulty with forgiving someone, mm -hmm. holding bitterness, being overwhelmed by that, not knowing. I mean, it has a lot in that book. Mm -hmm. Taking offense is a whole chapter. It's mm -hmm. so good. I just highly recommend yeah. that you read it and maybe go back and listen to our podcast so you can discuss it with us, you know, yeah. while you're doing dishes and stuff. But, you know, it's mm -hmm. it's really powerful. Yeah. That's that a is. huge key. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go to my list. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. <laughs> now that we have the basic principles, yeah. general principles yes. that help us in relationships with loving. Yeah. So let's now your let's start in our homes. Okay. Well, you definitely should love them. So I'm okay, glad good. you didn't ask, should we? But you know, <laughs> but good. how should we love them? Um, well, these are the people that we focus on the most. These are yeah. the people that God has put in the closest proximity to us. Um, and he's given us a responsibility for them to a degree um, that we just don't have for others. So therefore, we're gonna be focused on their joy being complete. You know, right. that idea that we saw in John 15, to a degree that we don't show for others. You know, this is going to be, this should be at the front of our minds, yep. our family and how we love them. This is a big deal. Yep. Um, we could get really deep and specific, but I think some beginning steps to loving our family well or spending time with one another. Mm. Um, you know, you're yep. just, I think to love your family well, you have to know them. And so yep. that's going to come through um, spending time with one another, from talking, from listening, investing in and sacrificing for each other. And, you know, I think also just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit's I'm sorry, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit's direction. Yeah. Um, there was, I can't tell you the number of times that I've been in a, con and I've had a particular agenda or way that I yes. want to take a conversation, yes. especially with my kids. You know, this happens with Matt too, but a lot of times with my kids where I'm like, I've got a way that I'm going to handle this right. and a way that I'm going to go. And this is good. They're going to, this is for their Let's good. Go solve it. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit brings me up short yeah. and says, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, you know, this would actually be more helpful. Yep. And I'm like, really? Are you sure about yep. that Holy Spirit? You know, but yep. he always is. He's always right with that. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, there was a time a few weeks ago where I was um, in conversation with my oldest daughter, Claire, and she was presenting, you know, just a lot of issues to me, kind of things that she wanted to talk about, problems she was having. Yeah. And 
the natural thing for me to do is to solve that. Okay, well, here, here's what you should do here, and maybe you should try this here, and we're gonna do this here. And I was about to launch into that, and I mean, I had some really good solutions. These were <laughs> these were top shelf solutions. Yeah. I'm like, I have got this nailed right here. You know, there is, I mean, yeah. there there's no issues right. here. I've solved all of this for you. And the Holy, I remember we're standing in the kitchen and the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, you just need to listen right now. Yeah. And so I just stood and she talked and afterwards she told me, thank you so much for listening to me. I just needed some, you know, like she just needed to be listened yes. to. Yep. She, you know, she's a smart girl. She's 18 years old. You yep. know, she can think through these things, but that's what she needed was yep. to be heard. Yes. And it was, um, I was thankful for the Holy Spirit's prompting and, um, yeah. That's, and that I didn't, you know, that I didn't disregard that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really good advice because it is very easy as a task driven type of mother to be like, Mm -hmm. Just like you see your bedroom is a mess mm -hmm. to make your bed. You go, well, yeah. I got a solution for you. Yeah. Or here's your here's a book that's on that topic. That's yeah. my thing. I'm always mm -hmm. like, well, I have a book on that. I have a book for you. Right. And so you're right. We must, we mm -hmm. have to really be in community with them mm -hmm. and talking and listening is half. Yeah. Well, a lot of our time as mothers is listening. Is listening. Yeah. I think that <clears> that's, and knowing, yeah, I think we just, we've got to, we've got to know them if we're going to love yeah. them. Absolutely. You know. Okay. What about neighbors? Okay. Well, I don't have a whole lot about neighbors, but I think just really obvious things like be pleasant, you know, mm -hmm. that was be a pleasant person, be thoughtful, inquire about them, help with things. I yeah. mean, but when the snow came down, I mean, I've got all these kids in my house that can go yeah. out and shovel, but we looked out and early in the morning, our next door neighbor, Ed, was over taking care of our um, sidewalk. Yeah. You know, my neighbors that are next door to me love me so well. Um, on the other side, they're constantly doing thoughtful things for us. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we try to return those favors yeah. and to be loving back to them. Um, you know, and I think just inquiring about people, they, you know, sometimes with neighbors, they don't really, people might not want to tell you a whole lot about yeah. themselves, but I think being friendly and, you know, yep. um, is good to the degree that they want to be friendly, I would be yep. friendly, you yep. know. We just moved. And one of the things I did is I wanted a purpose because I'm now living in the country. Mm -hmm. So when I lived before, I lived in a nice neighborhood where my houses, the houses were, I mean, right there. Right. Like I had mm -hmm. neighbors, I'd go out my back fence and there's a neighbor across mm -hmm. the back fence in his yard. Yeah. Now it's different. So I think when you're in a different, you've moved or you're in a different spot, you have to be mm -hmm. a little different in your purpose. Yeah. I would see my neighbors all the time at my old house. Now I do not. So my husband and I purposed to have them all over for dinner. That's at some great, point yeah. in the past year, just mm -hmm. so we could reach out and make a connection. It was definitely awkward because mm -hmm. I did not know did they any come? of the people. All of them came. Not at the same time. We had them all over mm -hmm. at different times. That's was, really, I mean, they wanted you. If they, they came, came for dinner, they could have made an excuse. You yes, know? Okay. it was good. Mm -hmm. It was definitely awkward, but it was mm -hmm. a good practice in, I think, right. a simple way to love. Yeah. Well, and you've got to get through, I think, sometimes when you're, when there's relationships that you're trying to start that aren't necessarily, they're not the most natural, they're going yeah. to be awkward, but that goes away, you know, yeah. and we can all deal with yes. awkward. Yes. And I'm sure now it's a lot easier oh, with yeah. them. Yeah, and very they, friendly. And, they, and they're, yes, that's exactly right. I was gonna say they're always waving, so mm -hmm. I know that they're still okay with me, you know? Yeah, they still. <laughs> they're not like, oh, that's weird, that lady across the street again. No, they want you to have them over again. Yeah, they like that, that chicken you made. Yeah, that's right. So. Okay, what about um, some of our listeners, um, and I know I do this, I mm -hmm. work as a substitute teacher, mm -hmm. I mentioned before. What about coworkers? Like maybe they're working part-time, full-time, maybe they have a mm -hmm. online job. Like what What can we do with our coworkers to show even our boss? Can even you your love boss? your boss? Of course you can love your boss. Okay. All right, give me some good reasons or well, ways. 
Well, I, wor I work part-time as well. And so I think that some ways that I try to be loving of the people at my workplace are, you know, work hard. I think yeah. that's really, I think people appreciate that when you're getting your job done. So yeah. work hard once again, be pleasant and be thoughtful. Yeah. Um, I think offices and workplaces are ripe for just low level tension and, you know, and just murmuring and complaining. And so I think being somebody who doesn't gossip, um, oh, who yes. is trying to diffuse any kind of office drama going on, these are good things. And yeah. people like that because people really don't want that in their life. No. Um, you know, so I think that doing those things in an office setting are, are ways to love people. And then, you know, in my, in the place that, bringing snacks, you know, bring people, <laughs> yes. who doesn't, yes. you know, yeah. there was, I had a bumper sticker once and it was like, love people, feed them tasty food. Yes. yes. And I think that's, a, you know, I think that's a good, a good plan. Yeah. Find out what the you yeah. know, secretary's yeah. favorite treat is and put it in her desk, right? Yeah, and do that. I did. So I don't have a whole lot with that, but I just think it's similar well, to, to the ways that we've loved other people. But, you know, I think, um, at least, you know, diffusing diffusing tense situations is helpful and not contributing to them. Okay, but you, you say you didn't have a whole lot there, but what mm -hmm. you said was a whole lot. Because yeah. it is such a witness if we are working hard, mm -hmm. not gossiping, complaining about our jobs, Okay, mm -hmm. the snacks isn't necessarily a witness for Christ, but it's yeah. it's kindness. Okay, it's and, yeah. I, and I think those are just so powerful. And I think it's mm -hmm. easy to separate our work from our, our Christian walk. Mm -hmm. It's easy to go to work and act a different way than we know we're called to act. Mm -hmm. So I think what you said is really good. It's practical. Mm -hmm. I love practical stuff, and I think it's good. Okay, yeah. now, Sarah, what about extended family? Because... This could be people that live near us. It could be people mm -hmm. who live across the country, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It could be, I mean, it could be people who live in another country completely, you know, yeah. Yeah, that are our family extended that. and mm -hmm. it's going to mean we have to practice it differently. So what can we do? Um, or, well, hey, one more thing. Mm -hmm. What if they have a different opinion than us on life? Like, well, that's going to happen. How can we love people <laughs> they get to who do that. have different opinions in our family? Okay. So with loving our extended family, I would take the temperature of the water and I would take it regularly. Um, I say this because people's stages of life, their desires, all that stuff goes through changes. Um, you know, an example of this would be 10 years ago, um, I have a cousin who lives out west and she and I would speak maybe a couple times a year and we saw each other maybe every other year. Um, mm you know, 10 years ago and felt very warmly to each other, but this was just what life was at the time. She and her husband were busy building up their business. I was up to my eyeballs and little kids. Yes. You know, there was just right. not not a whole lot of back and forth. Um, but a few years ago, she and her husband sold their business and my kids grew up a little bit. Yes. You know, they didn't need me quite as much as they did before. Um, you know, and we both just had way more emotional bandwidth to be able to, to connect yeah. and to, you know, to yeah. begin to form more of a friendship. And so, you know, now we text fairly regularly. We try to overlap our vacations um, nice. in summer times and, and go places together so that we can see each other. You know, there's just a lot more camaraderie there. Um, and that's just a, it's a function of, you know, our, yeah. our lives change. There was always that warmth there, but as um, the opportunities presented itself, we were able to do that. But that wouldn't have happened if we had both been like, oh, well, this is the way it is. I'm not gonna, right. you know, oh, well. <laughs> you know, yeah. that one's we're, we're, you know, we haven't been close, so we're, why even try with right. that? You know, no, so we, you know, we just stayed in touch and now, you know, we do that a whole lot more. Yeah. Um, another thing I think is good with extended family is get creative with how you connect. Yeah. Um, you know, I really, sometimes you need an occasion, you need, yep. you know, you need yep. a reason for things. Um, if it, you know, if it doesn't spring up as naturally, um, I know a family that hosts a big game night with some regularity to get their extended mm -hmm. family together. 
Um, some friends of mine do a pie night. You Ooh. know, they like they convene. I, I know. I've tried to figure out if I can I get in there. <laughs> can I finagle my? You know, and it, nothing has presented itself yet. Um, one of the nurses at my doctor's office. I'm, I'm not sure how this came up with her, but she was telling me that her extended family. They all sign up for road races. Oh, I would do that. That's fun. You would do that? I okay. Would. I was like, <laughs> she, they, I mean, all of them, like really? the cousin, oh, it's like a group of 20 and they go to these road races oh and goodness. they run them together and then they go out for breakfast or lunch afterwards. Wow. Um, oh, wait, so. are you meaning running on the road? Yes. Oh, yeah, I don't like, want to do that. Okay. I was I, like, I, no. I thought I never knew Julie I, was a runner. No, I think it would be fun to do like a, like the amazing race concept. That is what you're family. going for. Okay. So when you said yeah. road race, I thought they were in a car together trying to like solve clues. That and do, okay. Well, you, your family should do that. I know, you should I do, that. do that. The, leave the five K's to yes, these people. I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, so she was telling me about this and, you know, I was thinking my aunt and I, um, we connect over sports, but it's more of a low key, you know, definitely not as energetic as these. Right. We text during, you know, University of Kentucky basketball sure. games. You know, and over the winter, that's a way that she and I will stay in touch. Um, you know, so I think getting creative with how you connect yeah. with extended family is is a good thing. Um, when when mm -hmm. I was, when mm -hmm. my sisters and I and my sister-in-law were all pregnant with our first kids, mm -hmm. well, almost all of our first kids, mm -hmm. we decided we would get family night once a month in my family with all my brothers and sisters and my okay. mom and dad. Yeah. We have been doing it for 25 years. Oh, wow. Every month. We okay, get so you're doing this kind of stuff. And um, it has been very good. And okay. you know what? The cool thing that happened that I didn't know was going to happen when mm -hmm. we started this years ago, we've missed a few here and there. We've mm -hmm. been on vacation or, you know, yeah. sometimes our things just don't match. And that yeah. includes holidays. So mm -hmm. at cr Christmas counts as our family night. You yeah. know, Thanksgiving's our family night. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> there are other months where we don't normally get together. We did. And what has come out of that is my nieces and nephews, number one, I know them well. Mm -hmm. I feel really good about all of them. I yeah. have a connection with them. Mm -hmm. And my kids are good friends with their cousins. That is, that's wonderful. It, I don't know any really of my cousins mm -hmm. because we didn't do that. So it's just a, you know, it takes a lot of purpose. It's, it's hard. And yeah. I think as our kids, as all of my sisters and brothers' mm -hmm. kids grow and get married mm -hmm. and begin having kids, that will put another layer on it that will become difficult. And so we're, we're prepared that it may have to be changed or morphed right but it's you but, know, it but you've got good. the foundation yes. for that already which is i yeah. think that's great and the and the next generation has that foundation yes. built into with yep. doing you know sort of yep. that practice there that's wonderful yeah. what you're, you're yeah. doing that but i there. think we should turn one of those into a pie night i think you should yeah i think i would do <laughs> I that i love that i'm sure you already get the games out but yeah you should have yeah, yeah family pie night there I like that okay sarah you know i just told you how much I get together with my family. We, mm -hmm. we just hang out. I'm definitely adding a pie night. But <laughs> what if your family doesn't really want to get together? What if mm -hmm. they don't really want to connect with you? Well, I think if they don't really want to connect with you, you're not going to force that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, I don't know that that would be particularly yeah. loving. Um, so I think that I would be friendly. I would be pleasant. I'd maintain as many on-ramps as you can yeah. because, you know, like we said before, that could change. Yes. You know, there could be reasons that they don't want to connect at yep. this point or that that's right. not a priority for them, but that could change with time. Yep. And so, you know, as much as you can, I'd keep, the, you know, I'd, make, I'd be pleasant and I'd be friendly yep. about it. Um, but I wouldn't, you know, I'd... Yeah, I wouldn't be pushing myself yes. on people that don't right. have the time or the interest in something, yeah. you know. And I don't think that that's unloving. I think that's just being realistic about maybe where where they're at right now. Right. And right. so absolutely, you know, I think that's great. That's a great added point because it's easy to just get rid of your family. 
your extended family. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to do that. Yeah. No, you God do. gave them to you. Yep, you know, that's and right. they're you know they just yeah extended family is great. So I think yeah. that's um, I think you want to want to do what you can to nurture those yeah. relationships and to maintain them and to keep things keep things open with people. Yeah. Okay, so Sarah, you and I do Bible study on Wednesday night together. Yes, we has, do. Which has been very enjoyable. And we've been studying James. Yes, we have. Is a very good book to study. Mm -hmm. And in James, um, I think it's chapter four, it talks about the quarrels and the fights in the church. Yes. And uh, we were discussing mm -hmm. in Bible study that when James wrote this book, he wrote it to um, Jewish Christians, cr mm -hmm. Jewish people who were Jewish, hereditary Jewish. Is that right? That's not the wrong word. Well, they were Jewish. Just Jewish, okay. okay. <laughs> um, he wrote to the Jewish Christians, mm -hmm. and when he did, he wrote to them about quarreling and fighting, mm -hmm. which means that there was quarreling and fighting to some degree, or he was concerned about it in right. the church. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to happen in churches. Yep. There's going to be some quarreling and fighting. So, Well, if you have people, you're yes. going to have quarreling yes. and fighting. Yeah, <laughs> Pie doesn't cover everything, does no, it? No, pie can sweeten it, but that's not, yeah. no, there's, that okay, happens. So what do you do with brothers and sisters in Christ who we go to church with? How can we love them? What do we do to love the people that are in our churches or that are believers, um, even from other mm -hmm. churches? Yeah. Well, I think we've got some really good examples in Scripture and things that are that point us toward really good practices in that. I think showing hospitality, you know, that comes up a whole mm -hmm. lot in the New Testament about, I think, showing hospitality is a way that we can love not just people outside the church, but people that are inside the church that we worship with um, and that we're united with in Christ. Um, I think caring for one another in hardships is a big thing. Yeah. Um, and that might be doing physical things like bringing a meal or helping to clean someone's house or sure. running errands, um, caring for kids. And that could also just be caring for them emotionally. You know, yeah. people go through more than just physical hardships. Yes, there can do. be other things, you know, caring for them in those ways. Um, rejoicing and good news. I mean, people, I think that's a, you know, we've talked about sort of those hard things, but I think being excited for our brothers and sisters, yeah. um, rejoicing in things, being being happy for them. I think we, when we study God's word together and we're growing in Christ, yeah. um, that is just, that's a, you know, I love doing that on Wednesday yeah. nights with you ladies because I think we're becoming closer with one another while yeah. we're becoming um, closer with Christ through his yeah. word. So it's really, um, that's a that's a privilege that we get to have. And I think that can help us to overcome a lot of the hiccups in life or yes. the just the personalities that don't mesh really great or those yep. things. You know, God's word and his love can help us to overcome that. Yes. So if we're doing that with people, that's mm -hmm. that's helpful. Um, and then I think a big thing too is looking out for one another's kids. I am, mm. I am blessed by that when people knowing that other people are loving my kids and speaking yes. truth into their life and encouraging them. Yeah. Um, there have been a number of ladies that have just been, you know, as my oldest is getting ready to um, go to school and is just, you know, really maturing into a young lady. You know, we're kind of going yeah. from that. We're definitely going from that kid phase to that yes. um, young woman that. phase. I'm just so thankful for the people that pour into her and that, you know, talk to her about things that um, yep. they can talk with more credibility yes. than I can or, yes. and talk to her about topics that I, you know, that maybe I can't. So that's just been really, um, you know, I think that that's a, a big way that we can love one another in yeah. the body of Christ is to help with each other's yeah. kids, you know, doing and, that. And in the body of Christ, I think when you went through the principles at the beginning of this list, mm -hmm. and you those are all things we can be using with every single one of these situations. Oh, yeah. You know, Definitely. we can be having mm -hmm. humility. We can be practicing forgiveness. Mm -hmm. We can be thinking the best of others, even mm -hmm. if we're not sure what's going on. I right. love those things. I just yeah. think those are such good principles mm -hmm. to repeat over and over. Like, I probably need to write them somewhere. 
you know, and go back to them. That would be. Yeah, I should probably do that too. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Because it's good to remember. Mm -hmm. It's easy to forget. So that's yeah. important. In the heat of the moment, yeah, yeah. you kind of, I'm not going to be humble. I'm going <laughs> to. Right, right. And I'm sometimes, do something else. sometimes we mess up too. Mm -hmm. But being honest about it and going, you know what, I was oh, not, yeah. I dealt with that wrong is good. Mm -hmm. Okay, what about those random people we meet every day? You know, the gas station attendant, the fast food worker, the librarian. Mm -hmm. Okay, by the way, I added the librarian in there because I know you have a really amazing librarian in your life. I do have a great and librarian. I'm, yeah, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of the library. Mm -hmm. I've mentioned this before at this podcast. I love our local library system, mm -hmm. the Toledo Lucas County Public Library System. I just had to say the whole thing. Yep. Well, you do. You can't. I mean, I there's can't. no shortened version yes, of it. That's right. Well, if we do the first letters, but I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I think there's just something so good about like opening a real book and mm -hmm. smelling it. I don't know what. <laughs> it's not the same on my iPad. You know? Oh, no, I agree with that. Going into the stacks of books and smelling them at the library, oh, yes. that's a that's a big thing. And I do, I have a, yeah, li libraries are really good. And they yes. provide a lot of, yeah, a lot of contact with other people. Yes, they do. So yeah. how do you love that kind of a person that you just see? Maybe you see mm -hmm. them on a consistent basis if you mm -hmm. go to the library weekly mm -hmm. or the same gas station, but maybe you don't. Maybe. I, well, I think similar principles to what we've talked about before. I think you need to be kind, show preference to these, you know, these mm -hmm. people that you're running into. I think talking, it can be, my kids are always, you know, well, I shouldn't say they're always, but they get frustrated with me because I start talking to anybody. You know, if we're <laughs> in the line at the grocery store, I'll turn around and start talking to the lady behind me. Yeah. I'll talk to the cashier. Um, I think they've sort of become more more resigned to it as the it. yeah, yes. but at, but there are times where we'll get to the car at the end and they'll just say, "That was so weird. Why would yes. you do that?" I'm, because they're a child of I just I needed yeah. to talk to you. Yeah. I'm so glad that happens to other people because my yeah. kids do the same thing. Yeah. So now I don't even give any real explanations. I just you know tell because it's nice. Yep. We need to be friendly. It's good to be friendly. It's yep. fun. You know yes. you want to do that. Um, so I just I just think pretty normal things, talking to people, yeah. um, being kind, showing them preference, recognizing it might be a little awkward, but how many times, I mean, I've got a friend in college, um, not in college, but from college, and she does this all the time, and the amount of times that it's led to her being able to yeah. share the gospel with people, or she finds out that people were really hurting, yeah. and that her bringing up, um, you know, starting a conversation with them or bringing yeah. up a topic with them, um, you know, I just think the Holy Spirit's in there and he's working in those yeah. sorts of things. So we, we can be open to that. Um, you know, C.S. Lewis talks in The Weight of Glory, um, which is a sermon he gave. And um, my daughter and I went up, we saw a play in Ann Arbor recently and they referenced, yeah. um, and it was a play about C.S. Lewis and they referenced it at the end and it really struck me. He just talked about the weight of glory being like when you're going through your day, all these people you're interacting with, these are immortal souls. These are people that were created in the image of God that mm. he has a love for and mm. that he has put on this earth. And so keeping that in mind as we interact with them, I mean, that's kind of heavy. I don't know that I'm going to think about that every time I go into Kroger, yeah. but it does, um, you know, it it gives me a perspective for how to deal with people yeah. that I, I love them because God does yes. and because he's created them and put his image in them. Yeah, that's really good. And I do think that the more we work on that, we will think about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think yeah. we're both probably different than we were when we were first young ladies, you know, yep. right out of mm -hmm. high school. Oh, totally. I, I hope thinking, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking a lot about myself. And mm -hmm. I, I definitely can look over the past years and think I think less of my less about myself mm -hmm. in those situations. I still yeah. 
think a lot about myself. Oh yeah, but, that's never. <laughs> but I, I, I yeah. you know, mm -hmm. I think you just grow. I, I think the mother instinct comes out. The mm -hmm. nurturing instinct comes out in us mm -hmm. to care for people, even at the grocery store. Yeah, you know, and I think that's good. That's great. Those were good answers, Sarah. I'm, I'm grateful for your wisdom. All right, Sarah. So I have another question for you. Okay. I hope you're not done answering yet. No, I've, I've got a good, I've got a good like five, six more questions. Oh, me. good. Yeah. Because that's about yeah. what I got. So okay. Well, well, isn't that, right. isn't that magical? Yes, it is. Okay. So Sarah, how does God love us? Oh, Julie, he loves us big. Okay. He loves us big times. Um, okay. All right. Um, his love is overwhelming. It's overflowing. Yeah. It's abundant. Um, but he loves us with an eternal purpose. You know, we've mm -hmm. talked about the definition of love, that it's pursuing our good and God's glory. And his love for us is is definitely that, and he has this eternal purpose for mm -hmm. us. Um, he loves us sacrificially. He lives, uh, loves us selflessly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just, you just think we don't have anything to offer him, except, yeah. you know, we can offer him our praise and our glory, but those things are, are a wellspring of what he's given us. Right. Um, you know, but he loves us selflessly and sacrificially. I mean, his love for us is just, it's, um, it's, I don't think we can really understand it. Right. Um, but the little that we can, I think our, our response to that is gratitude yeah. and, um, and pursuing him yeah. and the relationship with him. Yeah. That's, um, it's kind of a big question. Yeah. It's how kind of, how does so it's, uh. But even what you said there is, those are big answers, really. Mm -hmm. Eternal That's purpose, right. you know, living, he, he loves us sacrificially, he loves us selflessly. Mm -hmm. I mean, none of those things we can do. And then we cannot love on our own. No, no, we need him. We need him to mm -hmm. be in us to work through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so Sarah, I was wondering, as we finish up today, have you ever been loved well by someone? Like, and what what did that person do? Well... I've been loved well by many people, so it seems a little, you know, arbitrary to choose one person. Okay, but good point. I get, Yeah, but I will, but for the sake of your podcast. Okay, it, I love I mean, it. We can't go through them all. Um, I would say my mother, you know, I think God was very gracious mm -hmm. to me um, when he paired me with her just as a regular person. I think she's pretty great and wise and lots of yes. fun to spend time with and okay. to be with. And I'm going to pause you for a minute because your mom has been on. The yes. podcast. Yes, she has. She's been on actually in a couple of times. Actually, mm -hmm. one time I interviewed her, yeah. um, focused, I think we talked about um, growing older. I think mm -hmm. I called it yep. the golden years, the gold, yes. which I don't think mm -hmm. she liked that title, but that's oh. okay. <laughs> and I think we also heard her her recorded talks from mm -hmm. events we've had. So anyway, okay, so that yeah. just kind of makes some, connects some dots for people. Yeah. So, so keep telling me about your mom. Well, I just, you know, like I said, I think that, you know, she's, as a regular person, she's pretty great. And then, um, you know, in addition to that, I've gotten to experience her as a mother through all the mm. different stages of my life. Um, and I think it's true that a mother's love is naturally probably more selfless than other people's true. love for folks. You yeah. know, like, I think that's just, I think that's the way that God designed us. You just yeah. have this immediate connection with your child, you know, when things, and you really just, you, you you want to do everything you can for them. Yes. And it really recalibrates you. You know, I've just like heard, that yeah. nurturing that comes out. Right. And you just hear lots of people say that, oh, my child was born and, yep. I, you know, I couldn't do enough for him. Um, you know, so I think that that's, you know, so I've always known that about my mom, that her heart is for me, that she wants good things for me, that sure. she is working for my good. You know, that's never been anything that I've questioned, even from a young age with all the hiccups you have in life. Oh, and, yes. I mean, you get upset with your mom or, you know, she's not doing what you want. Right. But I always knew 
in my heart, this woman wants good things right. for me. She's, you know, whatever she's doing, it's, it's oriented toward that. Um, so I thought about like, what are the things that have made, have really made it just plain to me that she loves me and the things that she's done? Because I have kids now and I want to have that same kind of sure, relationship that's good. with my kids. Um, I want to do that for them and I want them to be as convinced of those things in their life as I am yeah. in mine, you know, in my relationship with my mom. So as I think about those things that convince me that she loves me and that mm. she's for me and that make it really easy to accept the things that she says and that she does, um, you know, I would say the first thing I know is that she's always wanted to know me and my rough edges and my uglies haven't freaked her out. Ah, that is so huge. That's, you know, that's a big thing. You know, I remember growing up, I would have friends that would say, oh, I could never talk to my mom about that. Right. That would freak her out. Or, you know, oh, she'd disown me if she knew that. Or friends who felt like they had to fit into a particular mold mm, or a particular yep, box yep. You know, I understand in order that. to please mm -hmm. their parents. Like, I'm going to be loved as long as I'm... Look this way. Yeah, this act way. this way. Yeah, yeah, meet these expectations, fulfill this role or these obligations that my parents yeah. have set for me. And I never felt that way with my mom. Yeah. I always felt like I could just talk to her about anything, That's that awesome. she could see all of this about me. And because of that, it you know I could always be vulnerable with her. Hmm. Um, and I've just always felt very known and understood and accepted. And because of that, I feel like I can be vulnerable with her. So I, mm. I know this woman knows me. Yep. You know, she knows me yep. probably better than I know myself. Um, the other thing I know about my mom is that she's a great woman of faith. Um, mm. Once she became a believer, she, you know, she always has had a very personal relationship with mm. God. There is nothing academic about it. It's not right. theoretical. You know, it's a very real personal relationship. And I've always known that about her. And mm. I think knowing that about her, I know that that's her ballast. That's the thing that her anchors her, that calibrates. Sure. Yeah. You know, everything in her life revolves around that. Yeah. And so when she does and says things to me, because I know those two things about her, because I know that she knows me and that she knows God, mm. it makes it just very, very easy to hear these things and to be loved by her and mm. to take those things in. That's awesome. That's really good for all moms listening. Those are two really good pieces of advice. Yeah, I don't feel like I really describe them as much as, <laughs> as, as great as they are. Yeah. Um, but I just, no, I think I, those are two things. If our kids can be convinced of that, mm -hmm. that they're known, that they're understood, that they're accepted, yes. and pairing that with yeah. knowing that the the advice and the help and the love that's coming from their parents is rooted in their parents' love for Christ. Yeah. Um, I think that that's just a really safe place for a kid to be, even a grown-up kid like yeah. me, you know, that has six of her own kids. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's really, really good advice. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to hear, um, you know, like we all, all of us have ugly stuff. Oh, you yeah. use that. And mm -hmm. to be able to be known by your mom is great. Mm -hmm. And so as you and I are both moms, that's good lessons for us. Yeah. And I think because I don't think any of that scared her because she knew she had Christ. Yeah. And so it was like, Okay, right. you know, we can deal with this. Right. You know, we can. That's right. You know, God is bigger than your uglies and your right. rough edges and these things. Yeah. Um, and so they didn't have to be hidden. They could be brought out and they could be talked about and dealt with. It was just, um, yeah, I really, I'm really thankful for her and the way yeah. that she's loved me in my life. It's been a, a huge blessing. That's interesting that you bring that up. I have to say that I think that um, when I look at my mother, I think that's very true of her too. Mm -hmm. I can think of, of days and hours that I spent talking with my mom about things yeah. going on in my life. And my mom became a believer right before I was born. Okay. So mm -hmm. she, 
and you know, so she was maybe 30, 32. So she did not grow up in a Christian home necessarily. Mm-hmm. And that was really huge. That being yeah. rooted in Christ as a mother is huge. Mm-hmm. So I love that. That's really good. Yeah. I'm glad that you're loved well. Well, thank you. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you got a good mom too. That's right. <laughs> okay. All right. One more question today that I think I didn't really bring up very mm-hmm. much, but I think is a good one to talk about here at the end. Okay. Because I wonder if people are sitting here thinking through this podcast, listening to this episode and going, okay, but it sounds like everybody in your life, you know, Sarah or Julie, like they're just all wonderful people and you never deal with hard people. So okay. I'm wondering mm-hmm. about those difficult people that we sometimes have to love. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with people who are maybe hard to love? You know, I think mm-hmm. of a, I think of a, um, uh, a great aunt that I have that was not hard, it was hard to love. Mm-hmm. She was okay. just really difficult. And I remember being a young girl one time, here's mm-hmm. what she said to me. I was about 14, 13 or 14. She had not seen me physically for a while. She okay. was in a nursing home. And I think sometimes older women, I don't know, men do this too maybe, but they just kind of say what they think. Like they just okay. speak what they think. And what you're they, like, there's no- The filter is gone. Yes, there's no- The filter like, has left the building. I was at that like prepubescent, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, like I had, body parts that were kind of coming out but yeah I was a little chubby yeah and um, that's okay you know I just it was just awkward junior yeah. high is just awkward oh junior high is very oh yes junior, oh. and I mm. remember walking into her room at this nursing home mm-hmm. with my mom who cared for her and my mom would go in all the time and love this woman yeah bring her things provide because she didn't have children mm-hmm. she had some stepchildren but they were not a part of the picture Anyway, and she said to me, oh, wow, Julie, you have fattened right up. Now, that is not the thing that a 14 or 13-year-old girl wants to hear. Nobody wants to hear that. Speaking of loving well, my dear mother, God bless her, she was just like, she like swooped in and she talked about me growing up into a beautiful young lady. And then I was just like standing there like, I can't believe this just happened. On the ride home, my mom talked to me about it. And, you know, don't forget your aunt just says what she just kind of whatever comes off the top of our head. So anyway, so we probably have all had people like this yes. in our lives. So how do you love people who are difficult? Well, I think that there's, I probably would break people up into different categories and okay. take a different approach Okay. for different things. Um, I think that there's people in your life who are difficult to love, maybe because you're not sure how to love them. Okay. Or because um, it's just awkward. Yeah. You know, and that's, and so, and there's, I think we all have people like that. And then we, we're not really sure what to do. So we just end yeah. up avoiding them. And yes. then that just makes things more awkward. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, so I think the people that we're not sure how to love, I think we need to keep trying. We need to keep putting ourselves in proximity to them, keep doing normal loving things. Yeah. And I think that God will bless that and that it will come more naturally um, as your familiarity with the person grows. Um, you know, I can think of a lot of situations that I've been in where it wasn't kismet right away, yeah. but the fact that I kept putting myself in that person's yep. path, the Lord, the Lord used that. He's faithful in that, um, and He formed and developed, you know, really strong bonds with some people. I can think of people from college. I can think of people that um, I've been in Bible studies with, mm-hmm. um, where it just wasn't natural. It felt kind of awkward, but both of us kept pursuing. Yep. Um, and kept putting ourselves in each other's path and something really beautiful sprung up and some of those people are you know some of my closest friends right now Um, so I think it's okay if it's a little awkward at first a lot of times we don't like that but we just need to you kind of just get past that you just say I'm just you know I'm gonna be a grown-up about this I'm gonna get over (laughs) that Um, I think then so there's those folks I think there's also people that we come into contact with that rub us the wrong way 
Like um, say that you fattened up a little bit. Right. These people, you know, they rub, but they're yeah, they're generally harmless. Yes. Um, but they rub does. you the wrong way. Um, and I think not taking those kinds of things personally, yes. being okay with being a little put out with somebody, that's probably good practice for us. That's an okay thing. Um, you know, just telling ourselves, you know, I can get over these little hiccups and these little, you know, I tell my kids sometimes, you know, okay, that person is putting like a twig in your path. Yeah. You can step over a twig. Yes. You know, now if they put a big fat boulder in your path, that might be a little harder right. to get around. But people that are putting twigs in your path, you can get over that. Oh, yeah. um, there was a few, <laughs> about 10 years ago, it was after my son David was born and he had been in the NICU for close to a month. And, you know, he got out and I started running into this woman. And I'm not sure why, but God had me run into this woman oh. with some regularity. And this woman, in my head, I began to call her the angel of death. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because it didn't matter what I said. This woman would come up with some some spin that was just, you know, I would say something like, oh, you know, my son, he just got out of the NICU, praise the Lord. And she would be like, oh, well, he's probably going to grow up and have issues. All those oh, NICU wow. baby have, oh. all those NICU babies have issues. Or, you know, I'd say, oh, I think I'm going to take the kids to the park. And it would be, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. You know, there's a lot of mosquitoes yes. there. It could, you know, I mean, it was just, it didn't matter what I said. Wow. This, and, you know, this woman would have something negative to say. And I would get, you know, I found myself getting kind of irritated about it. And then I just thought, well, why am I bothering getting irritated right. about this? You know, this, I can deal with this. Right. And our paths have continued to cross. I see her probably, you know, once a week now. Really? Yeah. And I wouldn't say that we're the best of friends, but we joke a little bit. And yeah. when she, she still has that tendency to say things yeah. that I'm kind of like, what? But now, you know, we can kind of joke about yeah. it. Um, you know, so it's it's just one of those things where I just think even people that rub you the wrong way, right. you can you can you can get yeah. past that. You know, Absolutely. you can kind of you know, do that. Now, then I mean, but there are people like you were just saying. There are people you're going to have real issues with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there could be anger on both sides. There could be hurt on both sides. Yep. Um, you know, these are going to be. Um, you know, these things exist, and we still need to show love in these situations. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we have to keep in mind why we're doing that. We're doing it because of God. Mm. You know, we're going to show love in this situation. That's because that's what God wants us to do. That needs to be what motivates mm -hmm. us. And um, I think we need to have his goals in mind mm. for things. Um, you know, we want, to, we want to love people well because of what that's going to do, not only for them, but how that's going to affect us right. too. You know, if we don't love somebody, it's not just that the other person isn't loved. That has an effect on yes. on our hearts as well, and yeah. on and on our spirit. And so um, there's a you know it, talking about love and saying, well, there's a self-centered reason to love difficult people. Well, there really is. You know, yes. you um, you know that has an effect on on your heart just as much as you loving them can affect them. Um, I think getting into specific kinds of things and situations isn't isn't helpful in this kind of discussion that you and I are having. But I think just some big principles yeah. to keep in mind yeah, you know because there's so many situations oh in every situation question yeah i mean in every situation can have so much nuance and depth and just i mean yeah. it can be as varied as yeah. um you know well it can be as varied as something that's really varied um you know but i think some big principles to keep in mind are to be kind you don't want to escalate the situation um we talked before about assuming the best yeah. and i think even more so in situations where there's a lot of hurt or there's a lot of anger you know realize that you might not have all of the information about something yeah. you might not have the background you might not um you might not have the perspective that this right. person does 
Um, and so I think just you're going to know things and you need to know, but you know, hold on to that loosely. That could develop and change over time. Um, I think too, considering that whenever there's a situation with hurt and anger, I think considering that you probably played a part yes. somehow in this, um, that you might be wrong. And to, I think that keeps us humble. Yes, um, you know, we need to, we need to keep that in mind. Um, this happens a lot with me, with my kids, you know, for a, mm -hmm. you know, where I'll be thinking, man, that kid is a real, <laughs> they're being yeah. a real stinker right now. And I'm mad and I'm angry. Yeah. And I really think I'm very righteous in this yeah. and I'm ready to go off after them. And then it's always like, and then one of the other kids will be like, well, mom, Mm -hmm. And they point something out and I'm like, oh, you know, like, yeah. no, okay, I really played a part in this. This yep. is, you know, yep. you know, that's a, a small example, but something where I just think the older I get, the more I think I can be wrong here. This is, <laughs> this is, and, um, you know, so I think we want to, want to consider that, you know, I think you want to keep yourself open to communication with the other person, um, for a godly end and a godly goal to, mm -hmm. to the situation. I mean, how many times have we sat down and talked with someone and realized, okay, I was really upset and they were really upset. And you talk about it and you realize, okay, yep. we, we can get this worked out. Yep. You know, Absolutely. my assumptions over here weren't great. Theirs weren't great. Yep. Here we are. We can do this. Um, I mean, I'm sure we've all had that with a friend or with, I mean, Matt and I had a situation yes. like that a few nights yes. ago. Yep. <laughs> we sat down and we're like, oh, okay, we can, right. you know, this isn't right. as bad as we both thought it was. Um, but then I think too, if a situation is so, if it's so big and it's so hard to navigate, if you're having trouble with it, you know, this is why I say those are some basic principles, but you know, talk to somebody, talk yes. to a trusted person, talk, talk to a wise person that's yeah. in your life that might be able to help you understand, um, you know, how you can love this person during this yes. situation and what you need to do. I mean, we're put into the body of Christ for a reason. Yeah. And I think this is one of them. And sometimes an outside perspective, somebody who, is they can they're going to have insights and wisdom that you don't because you're right in the middle of That's it. Right. You know, yeah. I can't tell you the number of times that you know my mom has said, "Well, the way I'm looking at it, you know, right. here's a picture," or you know, any number of friends that have um, yep. that have glanced in and that have really had some perceptive and some discerning things to say um, about things in my life. So you know, yeah, no, I think we. That's yeah. that is kind of and these are the situations sort of where the rubber meets the road yes. with with love. You yeah. know, are, can we can we love when it's hard? Because it's it's yes. easy to love when it's butterflies and unicorns, but can we you know yeah. can we love when it's hard? That's, yeah, that's that's really interesting. You know, it's very easy to um, when you are struggling loving someone. I think I know this from experience to um, keep a I'm a list girl to mm -hmm. keep a list of all those things. Right. that you are going to keep and going back to that list mm -hmm. and forgiveness doesn't do that i remember that out of that book how to be free from bitterness mm -hmm. uh, forgiveness doesn't keep lists i think right. that was a phrase in there mm -hmm. it just doesn't you don't once you're for once you go through with a friend and you deal with it or a family member if right. and i have a conflict mm -hmm. i don't just kind of keep holding that in, mm -hmm. in a little no. what, what do we call that nursing nursing your sin or um what's the phrase you used oh there's the phrase the fondled hatred Fondle hatred. Which, fondle okay. hatred, which I think that sucker, that that phrase, yeah. it sucker punches me because we all know we're prone to yes. that. I'm going to take this thing that I'm upset about. Yep. I'm going to hold yep. it. I'm going to nurse it. I'm going to pet yep. it. I'm going to bring it out and look at it. It, yep. it is the death of us. Yes, I just, it is. And yeah. it's so, and when God takes that from us, when we give that, oh, the freedom that comes is, 
Huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's big. I think um, when I read the How to Be Free from Bitterness book and mm-hmm. read that line, forgiveness does not keep lists, mm-hmm. I think that was powerful to me because it's the same thing. Because when mm-hmm. you're when you're you know holding that and you're nurturing that little mm-hmm. item that you're holding in your hand, so to speak, and you're like going back over it and over it and stroking it, mm-hmm. you if you, you got to kill it and then mm-hmm. you got to move on. Mm-hmm. Because it what it does is I keep repeating it. And I struggled with that a couple of years ago with a friend. I just... I just couldn't get over some hurts. Mm-hmm. I struggled so hard yeah. and it was very difficult. And I still remember sitting with my husband and I would go over that list with him. Mm-hmm. I had that list in my head. I had it so good. I could go down that list. And I remember him saying, y- you haven't even moved at all. You, yeah. you haven't changed at all. You mm-hmm. keep going over the list. If you really want forgiveness, if you want really want to forgive this person, because I kept saying I wanted to forgive them, but I couldn't. This is okay. what I said. That was... <laughs> Honestly, and and it was really good for him to finally just say that to me. Mm-hmm. You got to stop going over it. Yeah. So reading that in that book and having that phrase, how many times I've gone back to wanting to go over that list mm-hmm. and going, nope, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm not saying it's easy, yeah. but I'm going to forgive. And I think that's huge. Yeah, because Satan wants us to nurture that that yeah. sin. He wants us to hold on to that and to yeah and to ruminate over it. I'm sure we've all had situations like that. So I think that those principles are good. Those um, can be helpful to us. I think talking with somebody who is wise and trusted and can yeah. give us a bigger perspective on things, maybe have some discernment into a situation that, you know, and can help us see things that we don't see as good. Like you yeah. were saying, like Bill did for you yeah. in that of, you know, you and that was great. You wanted to forgive. You wanted to yeah. move on. But we need the help of others to do that. Yeah. You know, I've known that in my life when I've been struggling with something, having the perspective that my mom brings or that Matt brings or a trusted yeah. friend brings can be so, can be so helpful. Yes, it they can just, be. Yeah. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And I know that this is a big topic. Oh, it's, yes. <laughs> and Love I is big. <laughs> we probably did not even touch the surface, really. No, there were so many. As I read through, you know, the things that we were going to talk about today, you know, there is just so much. I yeah. mean, we can die in scripture alone so much for us yeah. to discover let alone the things that others have you know said about it yeah. and the way that they flesh things out it's just and it's a wonderful topic yeah. it's such an encouraging topic it to is. think about yeah would you pray for us today i would love to pray for us lord we thank you that we could sit here julie and i and that we could talk about love about your love for us and about how we can love others lord we thank you for this we thank you that you are love and that you have given us this gift and that you draw us into your love, Lord. I pray that you would help us as we go through our days and our weeks as we are with others, Lord. May we be a light that shines for you. May your Holy Spirit guide us. We thank you for your word and for the things that we learn from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, listeners, so glad that you joined us today, but join us next week for another episode of Unshaken. Next week, we are actually going to talk about another topic in James. We talked a little bit about James today, Sarah, remember? Mm -hmm. Um, But we're going to talk next week about the concept of how we need to not just be a hearer of the word, but an actual doer, which is a perfect segue after this talk about love, because not only do we need to hear all this good stuff about love, but we actually need to do it. So I encourage you to listen next week. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.